0: here. This weekend we want to honor our mothers, honor our mothers. Um, There was a little girl growing up and uh, she noticed one day a couple of white hairs on her mother's otherwise brunette hair uh, colored head. And uh, she said, mom, how come those hairs are white? Mother was pretty quick. And she quickly replied, well, sweetie, whenever you disobey me, whenever you um, hurt me, whenever you don't listen to me, um, whenever you make me cry, one of my hairs turns white. And the little girl thought for a minute. She was her mother's daughter. And so she processed for a minute, and then she said, well, Mama, how come all of Grandma's hairs are white? In my home growing up, Our mother taught us the rules for the most part. I know my dad did too, but he was busy. He was working. He was going to school. There was a lot he was involved in. But my mom taught us. And I know the greatest influence on my life regarding my faith in Jesus is my mom. She really instructed me. She discipled me, practically taught me how to put into practice. Not just know God's word, but how to live it out. And so my mom really did that. Now, my dad wasn't uh, around as much, but he was the enforcer When on occasion, perhaps, um, I wasn't responding as quickly as I should to my mother's instruction. I think in the scriptures we see that uh, both men and women come from God, right? We're all made in God's image. And so we see in the Bible, God really fills both roles of spiritually speaking, of father and mother, we see the instructions of God given to us starting very early on in the Old Testament. The instructions, how we're to live, the commands, the decrees. um, So we have a way in which we know we should live. That's what my mom did. And we also see God um, as the enforcer of those rules, right? Here's what's gonna happen to you if you don't follow them. We need both in our lives, and we can see in the scriptures that God really fills all of those roles. The Bible such a powerful book. It's really not a book. It's a library of instruction to us. It goes back um, to the beginnings of human history. It's an ancient book. And yet one of the things I discovered this week is that really the Bible is interconnected. Um, There is uh, an image that I found this week. It's been around for a while. I don't know how I missed it. It was put together by some um, instructors and teachers and it reflects the interconnectedness of the Bible. Jordan Peterson, who you may have heard of, he commented that the Bible, based on this image, is the first hyperlinked text that's ever existed. Now, hyperlink just means interconnected. Think of Wikipedia. When you use, if you use Wikipedia, you'll find um, you look up something and you'll find a description of it with lots of information, and inside of that, you'll find links to other things that pertain to that same. Um, Uh, topic or subject that you're looking up. And so there's an interconnectedness. Now the difference with the Bible is you don't click a mouse, but even from the most ancient of times as the Bible evolved and developed and was written and put together, it was quoted and the authors who were human would quote one another. And so this knowledge, this revelation became a web of interconnectivity, hyperlinks, So that when you read the Bible today, you are on a journey of discovery. You can know that whatever chapter you're reading in, there are verses that most likely are referenced or quoted in some form somewhere else. And so you can go on a journey of discovery regarding what God has to say, what his revelation to us is. 63,779 interconnected verses, quotes, cross-references. The Bible is a work that reflects not just a human project, it really reflects the true authorship who is God, that he has overseen this work. It's his truth, it's his revelation. The Bible is called special revelation. As we look at creation and the world we live in, that's general revelation. Generally, we should be able to look at that and the Bible tells us we know there's a God by observing the created world and the universe. But when we look into scripture, we see God's specific instructions for us. As we look this week or this weekend, take a little pause in our series, working our way through, um, working through uh, the book of First Corinthians, we see that this scripture, we're gonna look at an example of this, um, a passage in scripture that shows up very early on, but is utilized and used and quoted throughout the whole of scripture. Um, this Scripture we're going to focus in on has to do with honoring our mothers. Now, it's going to talk about parents, but humor me. I'm focused on mothers today, as we should be. Um, And so, when this command or instruction first shows up in the Scriptures, it shows up in the book of Exodus. Now, if you know the Bible, you know there's um, there's five books at the beginning, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those were all written by Moses, who was one of the greatest leaders in the nation of Israel. Now, Israel, uh, uh, Moses was a leader who came about through the direct oversight, right, and um, sovereign work of God. Moses was uh, a child born into a family who were um, slaves in Egypt. Remember, the nation of Israel got into Egypt because of a famine. And really through the miraculous work of God where he elevated Joseph, one of Jacob's sons, to a position of authority so that he could um, oversee seven years of provision and plenty with rains like we're probably experiencing now. And then um, he oversaw seven years of famine where there was no food. And so the storage, the food that had been stored became provision for the whole region. And Jacob and his family were in Canaan, but they ran out of food. And so they came down to Egypt and were reunited with Joseph. And as a result of that, the whole tribe moved to Egypt and they flourished there and they grew there. But over time, a new Pharaoh came to power who didn't know Joseph and they became enslaved. And for 400 years, the nation of Israel was enslaved in Egypt. And at the end of that time, God raised up a savior for Israel by the name of Moses. And again, Moses was born to a Jewish family at a time when Pharaoh had decreed that all the baby boys born to the Hebrews would be killed. And yet Moses' parents created a basket. They hid him in that basket in the Nile River. And by God's sovereign plan, one of Pharaoh's daughters found Moses. And she allowed him to be raised by his mother, raised by his family, probably for the first four to five years until he was weaned. And then he went to live in Pharaoh's house and he was raised under their education, the best in the world. And Moses recognized pretty early on that he was different. He knew he was a Hebrew being raised by the Egyptians. Why was he privileged? And he recognized pretty early on that maybe God had selected him to do something, to help his people. He tried on his own in his own power. He killed an Egyptian taskmaster and this got him banished from Egypt hiding out in the desert for 40 years. or at the end of that time, God appeared to him in a burning bush and called him back to help bring his people out of Egypt. And Moses did that. And as they wandered in the wilderness, headed towards the promised land, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And Moses reveals these to the nation of Israel. And that is where we find our verse that we're going to track through the scriptures today. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, honor your father and mother that you will live a long life, full life, or that, excuse me, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, if you know the, the story of the nation of Israel, their first chance at getting into the land of Canaan into the promised land didn't work. They got scared They didn't believe God could take them in and so God ran them out into the wilderness again and they wandered for 40 years in the desert until a generation that was faithless died off and then they came up to their second opportunity to enter the promised land and in Deuteronomy, the law is presented again by Moses to the nation of Israel. Once again, in Deuteronomy 5.16, the second time we see this verse show up, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Then, we have to wait some time before we see this verse, this command, show up again. The next time it appears in the scriptures, it is being used by a young Jewish rabbi who has just started his ministry, and he's going throughout the land of Israel, teaching and preaching, and he does some amazing things. He's healing people, he's forgiving sins, he's doing things only God can do, and we find out, ultimately, it's because he is God, who came in the flesh, Jesus. And Jesus has some some interactions with the lawyers of his day, the religious leaders, and in one of those interactions, Jesus brings up this verse and this command once again. And we see this story repeated, into the book of Mark, as Mark recounts the same story in Mark chapter 7, verse 10. And then we see again Jesus use this, this um, command as he interacts with a rich young ruler who came to him wondering how he could get into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus quotes this verse, this command among others, as what he needs to do or what he needs to follow to get into the kingdom of heaven. Mark ten nineteen uses the same story and Luke 18, verse 20. And then finally, the ninth time we see this command show up, the Apostle Paul is teaching a church in Ephesus through a letter how they should treat and how they should interact within their family. He's giving directions to them. And interestingly enough, he pulls to ancient times, to the Ten Commandments, and he brings it into the first century Of new Christians, some Gentiles, some Jews who are trying to follow God. And he reasserts the same command in Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. He says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Verse 2 Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you, and you will have a long life on the earth. So I want to focus on Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1-3 through 3, for this message and unpack, I think, three aspects of this passage, this instruction. You know, the instructions of God come from the character of God. Whenever we get a command or an instruction from God, we get the character of God. Because God perfectly matches what he teaches us and what he wants us to do. And we learn from the scriptures that we were created in God's image. We're created to reflect him. To reflect him, the Bible, some people call glorifying him. That simply means to shine God through our lives. Think of the moon, how the moon shines and reflects the sun. The moon doesn't have light of its own, but it reflects the, the light that comes from the sun. And this is the same thing for us. And so God's design, his order in all creation starts with the family. He created a man and a woman and he told them to reproduce and God built everything on the family, all of civilization. And so we must learn how to function inside of our families. And so in this passage, the Apostle Paul teaches this young group of Christians, this young church, that it starts off when we're children, learning to live according to God's design. And so as children, we're taught we must obey our mothers. Read verse 1 again. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Colossians 3.20 is kind of a, um, a cross-reference to the same teaching. The apostle says it a little different. Give us a little more information. He says, children, always obey your parents. For this pleases the Lord. So we have some kids in here. And I want to talk to you for just a minute. About how you're supposed to relate to your mothers. How do you relate to your mothers? Well, um, this teaching from God. Tells you that you should obey your mothers. Obey. You know what obey means? It means to do what they say. And in Colossians, Paul qualifies it a little bit. The apostle does. God gives us a little more, right? So that we're sure how often are we supposed to obey our parents? How often are we supposed to listen to what they say? Always. And I did a deep dive on the Greek word for Always interestingly enough, it means always. Every time. Sorry, that's a little pastor humor, but the Bible isn't that hard to understand most of the time. What it's hard to do is to live out, right? And I know that as kids, some of you might struggle to obey your mothers. I know that from experience, (laughs) because I grew up, seems like just yesterday that I was a kid trying to listen to and obey my mom. And there were times, because I was a really smart kid, there were times I was pretty sure my mom didn't know exactly what she was talking about. You know, I had a different view of things or I thought I should be able to do something different than she wanted me to do. And so I would challenge her authority at times. One of the things that helped me was I also knew God's word and I also knew God. (laughs) Um, I made a decision to trust Christ when I was very young. And so it is difficult to obey, but I want you to know something, kids, that God is with you. The things that God asks us to do are not impossible for us. They're not beyond our ability to do. And so, though at times it may seem like it's hard to obey your mom, I want you to know that you're, you're capable of it, okay? And that God will empower you to do it. He'll give you the strength. God is not leaving you on your own to, to flounder around and try to make it. He's going to help you. And so, my prayer for you is that you know God, that you put your trust in Jesus, that's why you're here in church. The message here that we um, are trying to help our kids learn is that God loves them, that they have a sin in their life, and that they need to put their trust in Jesus to be forgiven and to walk with him and that God wants to empower you to live. Like I said, I know if you, as you move into our teenage years, it even gets a little more difficult um, to obey our moms. Moms are tasked with getting the kids to behave, getting the kids to obey, Oftentimes without dad around, I don't know how that works, but that's how it was in my home, and at times that was a little difficult for her. Kind of makes me think of the young mother who was trying to raise her little son, and had difficulty getting him to listen. And she knew though that she should have the last word. Like I always tell mo- uh, moms and dads, you're supposed to win, your kids aren't supposed to win. The world goes in the wrong direction if kids win, okay? So parents are supposed to win. Uh, we love them, but, but you're supposed to win. And so she knew that. And so she wanted to have the last word with her kids. And, uh, and so she was battling with her son one day, especially difficult. And, uh, and, and the reason it was hard is that for some reason, he did not respond well when she said no. I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but he didn't want to hear the words of the word no. And so he didn't respond well. He'd push back and why not, mom? And you know how it goes. And so um, one day was really, really difficult. She got really frustrated. And finally she threw up her hands and she just shouted, Fine, Billy, all right, do whatever you want. Now try to break that rule. <laughs> <All> right? <laughs> Kids. Do you know you belong to Jesus? You belong to him. Your family belongs to him. God calls you to live under your parents' authority. And I know that it's difficult. You might say to yourself, well, my mom doesn't always act right. She doesn't always act like a Christian woman. Pastor, you don't know what she's like at home. I mean, you see her at church and everything looks great, but you don't know what she's really like. She's not always nice. She doesn't always handle herself well. Sometimes she loses her temper, you know. And to that, I just want to remind you, kids, you're not asked to obey your parents because they're perfect. That's not the qualifier. If God wanted that in the Bible, he could have put it in there, right? He could have said, okay, children, obey your parents only when your parents are living like they should. (laughs) He doesn't say that. It's kind of an absolute, right? And the reason it's an absolute is because God has created the world with an order. And we need to live under it. We need to live in accordance with it. And as hard as it may be, obeying your mom is teaching you to succeed in the world. If you don't learn to obey your mom, someone somewhere is going to have to make you obey. Um, And it gets more difficult and more messy as you get older. Believe me, it's a lot easier now to wrestle with and learn how to obey your mom. And on those times that you think your mom just doesn't know what she's talking about, you're pretty sure she's off. I just want to give you a little insight and reminder here on Mother's Day 2023. Your mother is really a genius, okay? Remember, you're here because of her, okay? If she wasn't very smart, if she wasn't a genius, you wouldn't be here. So she had enough intelligence and genius to do the work to bring you into the world. And she did a lot, to make sure you got here, right? And she really has a lot invested in you. A lot of skin in the game, as we say, right? And so she cares how you turn out. And her goal every day is not to get up and make you do things you don't want to do because they're bad for you. (laughs) Her goal isn't to say no because you really would be better off if you did those things. No, her motivation is to help you grow up. And I just want to confess this here this morning as a dad, and most dads know this is true, You came into the world because of your mom, and you're still here because of your mom. If it was up to your dad, you probably would have starved to death, got lost, or been eaten by wild animals a long time ago, okay? I only know that because I'm a dad with three kids that were raised. They're here because of their mom, mostly. So I just want to remind you that your mom really is a special person. She has a lot invested in you, and she's trying to help you. And the best thing you can do is let her help you, right? Um, So I want to give you an assignment that will take the next month to complete. It's very important, very important. We could all probably benefit from it, but I want to give you kids, especially an assignment on this Mother's Day. I want to, to create a list of 31 things that your mom does for you. If you can't, if you don't think there's 31 things, then you need to buy a clue, as they say. You need to wake up, you're oblivious. There are things being done for you that you're not recognizing. So your mom does way more than 31 things. Uh, so you need to come up with 31, get some help if you need to, but uh, come up with that list. And over the next month, I want you to thank her each day for one of those things. It'll take you a month to do it. Um, the first time you do it, after your mother gets up off the floor from passing out, <laughs> she will appreciate it. Um, that you are thanking her. Your mom's gonna do the same work anyway. She's gonna sacrifice for you. She's gonna pour out her life for you. But let me just tell you, it will benefit you to say thanks. And it'll encourage her too. I know not all families have two parents that are trying to follow Jesus. Some families maybe just have one. And I want you to know that, kids, you're still blessed, and your life can still be blessed by God and will be because of just one of your parents that's trying to live for God, trying to follow him. Sometimes it's dad, but a lot of times it's mom. And I've watched a a mom raise three boys, grow them up, send them off into the world to get married and have families, and follow Jesus without um, without her husband lifting one hand to help her. And so I wanna tell you that 1 Corinthians chapter seven talks about this. God will bless your life and is still gonna bless your life even if you only have one parent following him. Just trust him and thank him for the family that you're in. God has had a big part in that. Well, God asked us as children to obey, to submit, to surrender, to listen to, to do what our parents say. That's our childhood. But as we transition into adulthood, we take a different posture and the Bible teaches us really what we need to do into adulthood as we um, uh, treat our parents and especially our mothers correctly. And so as we grow, as we move into and create our own families, we know that we come out from underneath the authority of our parents. So our mother doesn't keep telling us what to do after we're married, right? We've created our own family. We leave our parents and we start a new family. We, we don't continue to be supported financially by our parents. We gain our own autonomy But as adults, we are taught in the scriptures that we honor our mothers. Look at verse 2. This is really the command that comes out of Exodus. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. A place of honor is an elevated place of respect, recognition, and care. Um, Jesus, as he battles with the Pharisees, the religious leaders in Matthew 15... In the New Testament, where he quotes this command, here's how the interaction goes with these religious leaders. Some of the Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Essentially, they're saying, Jesus, your disciples are not washing their hands correctly before they eat you may think that sounds more like your mom than a bunch of religious leaders, but... Jesus replies, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. Kids, it could be a lot worse than it is in your home. It was in the Old Testament. Verse 5, But you say... It's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Um, It's absolutely essential for us as we move into adulthood to honor, to elevate, to care for, um, to put in a position. I want to tell you that it's going to be difficult for you as parents to create an environment in your home where your kids respect you if you're not honoring your parents. And honoring your parents says a lot more about you than it does about them. To honor them... Doesn't mean that they were perfect and did everything right. They might have been horrible. Might have been derelict in their duty as mom. Might not, she might not have done the things that she should have done. But see, for you to honor her doesn't require that. It means that you have come into a relationship with Jesus, that you have grown in your character to reflect what God is requiring of you. And so honoring parents becomes absolutely essential for us to do well in this life. And it's not easy. I know when I first started dating Mary in college, we had just met. We dated a few months, and Thanksgiving came, and she invited me to go home and meet her parents. And I was excited. They were a farm family and um, had homesteaded back in 1883 and multiple generations, and I was going to get to meet them. And so we went home, and uh, it was wonderful. And I found some things that really impressed me that they had honored their parents in ways that I'd never seen before. I mean, her parents had continued to care for their parents, even having them live with them, live on the place, caring for them personally until they passed away. I'd not seen that kind of investment, that kind of honor given. And so I was impressed by it. Consider how important parents are in that God refers to uh, or wants us to refer to him as father with that parental connection and relationship. Holding your mother in high regard is very important. You need to honor her, not because, again, of whether she was a perfect mother, but because of the position that she holds in the order that God has created. He created a world with order, and uh, and so it's essential. If we don't honor our parents, again, it's going to be hard for us to get our kids to obey us, and that is the command. Um. God, when he gave this command way back in Exodus, um, it was given with some incentive. And the last thing we see in these three verses is that the fir- it is the first commandment with a promise. God ties something to it that will benefit us. Verse 3 of Ephesians 6 says, If you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will have a long life on the earth. In Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, again, this promise is given. Whenever God gives a command, there is a blessing that's associated with obeying it every time. Because God doesn't ask us to do things that aren't in our best interest. They're really to benefit us. But in this case, this is the first commandment given in the Bible that has incentive tied to it. God makes a promise to the people of Israel. You're going to live a long life. Your life is going to be better if you'll do what I say and honor your parents, honor your mother, And I have a, you might ask yourself, why? That's what I do. Why would God do that? Why is this the first commandment of the the, uh, 10 given that has a promise tied to it? Well, when I hear a promise, I think of incentive. And so God is incentivizing the keeping of this commandment. That's how important it is. He puts it right into the document, right into the law. Hey guys, if you'll obey this command, then I'll promise to bless your life. Why does he do it? Well, maybe in part, It's because of the essential nature of family. Again, that was God's plan A. He didn't really have a plan B for the world to work, for civilization to exist. He created the family. Everything rides on it. And so it is so essential that we get this, that we honor our mothers. God commanded it because it's so important for us as a people. Everything rides on the family, and if the family can get broke down, if it can break down, then we all will fall apart. And so God knew that, and he built into this, hey, guys, you really need to obey this command. You need to get this. I think the second reason perhaps that I can think of as to why he would tie a promise to it is that he created us to enjoy this life. He created us to thrive on this earth. And if we don't honor our parents, if we don't honor our mothers, it's pretty difficult for us to have a full and healthy life. We end up having an attitude that is less than what God wants for us. We tend to look at the world critically, our lives critically. We tend to be filled with hurt. And I know that honoring our mothers may require healing from some wounds. It may require healing and, and trying to resolve some things that occurred in our childhood because many of us have hurts associated with our mothers. And yet those, that healing can occur. I just want to remind you that your mom didn't have to be perfect for you to honor her. You can honor her again because of the position that she holds in the way God created the world. On this Mother's Day as we dedicate children, I do want to speak to you moms who are raising kids. I want you to know that as a church, we are behind you. Uh, I want nothing more than to see you succeed. We pray for you, and we try to build into the fabric of our church programs and opportunities that will help you succeed at raising and discipling your kids. We know it's a big task, and oftentimes you get convinced that you're not going to succeed at it, that you're not winning, that you're not doing a good job. And those, of course, are discouragement that comes from the enemy who wants to stop you from being successful. And yet, I want to remind you that God has equipped you, he's designed you to succeed at this. That raising your kids to know and love God is really something you can win at. And I hope you would utilize the church to help you succeed. I mean, we have ministries, as Jamie said. We have children's church. We have um, Sunday school on Sundays or on the weekends during the services. We have Awana during the school year which again is just such a great resource to help your kids learn God's word and be encouraged to follow Jesus. We have Vacation Bible School. that's coming up here in June. Uh, the first full week in, uh, week in June. We try to build into our church um, things that will help you, that will reinforce and really help you succeed. Ultimately, though, I want you to know that God made you for this purpose. He made you to succeed at this. And if you have children that you can raise them in spite of all the odds and what seems like everything against you at times. Do not believe that and do not listen to it because God believes in you. He called you for this purpose, He created you to succeed at it, and He will do everything to ensure that you are able to do your part to raise your kids to know and love God. I know it can be, a, a, it is an incredibly difficult job. Most days you probably feel like nobody really understands, and they probably don't. Maybe other moms do. But I want you to know God understands. He carries the same burden for all of creation. He believes in you. He knows that you can succeed. Just continue to put your trust in him. Tap into his power and follow his directions. But to end the service, there's some things that might help us understand a mom a little bit better. People say crazy things, usually without having a lot of understanding or thought behind them. Somebody said once that a child is carried in its mother's womb for nine months. Well, somebody does not know that a child is carried in its mother's heart forever. Somebody said it takes about six weeks to get back to normal after you've had a baby. Somebody doesn't know that once you're a mother, normal is history. Somebody said you learn how to be a mother by instinct. Somebody never took a three-year-old shopping. Somebody said being a mother is boring. Somebody never rode in a car driven by a teenager with a driver's permit. It's exciting. Somebody said good mothers never raise their voices. But somebody never came out the back door just in time to see her child hitting a golf ball through the neighbor's window. Somebody said you don't need an education to be a mother. Somebody never helped a fourth grader with his math. Somebody said you can't love the fifth child as much as you love the first. Somebody doesn't have five children. Somebody said a mother can find all the answers to her child-rearing questions in the books, but somebody never had a child stuff a bean up her nose. Somebody said the hardest part of being a mother is labor and delivery. Somebody never watched her baby get on the school bus for the first day of kindergarten. Somebody said a mother can't stop worrying or can stop worrying about her child after they get married. Somebody doesn't know that marriage just adds a new son-in-law or daughter-in-law to a mother's heartstrings. Somebody said a mother's job is done when her last child leaves home. Somebody never had grandchildren. Somebody said your mother knows you love her, so you don't need to tell her. Somebody isn't a mother. God, thanks for our moms. Thank you for um, blessing us with life that they played a big role in. Help us to focus on and remember the things to be thankful for about our moms. Even when they fall short or less than perfect or less than maybe what they should be, help us to gain your perspective on this world and on our mothers. So we can love them, we can appreciate them, we can honor them, we can obey them. We can live under your authority and live according to what you want us to do. And in this way, ensure that you are reflected into this world God thanks for each and every mother here and we know that not all of our women are able to be mothers but we all have a mother and so we're thankful for them and again we just pray that you'd bless them, you'd encourage them you'd speak strength into their life, encourage, help them to listen to your voice, not their own not the discouragement that trickles in God, help us to encourage them and to appreciate them. We pray all this in Jesus' name.